today on Channel Massive Today. BioWare. The very name conjures up images of dragon slaying, compelling stories, and hot virtual sex. I'll attempt to hack and slash through the haters and fanboys while I share my thoughts on Dragon Age 2. All this and more on Channel Massive Today. downloading this special edition of Channel Massive today. My name is Jason, the resident drunken idiot of Channel Massive. As always, if you want to reach out and touch us, the email address is mail at channelmassive.com. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash channelmassive, and you can look us up on Facebook as well if that is your desire. Um, I'm going to issue a quick warning if you are currently playing Dragon Age 2 and do not want to have your experience ruined, I would recommend that you stop the podcast right now and put it away for a later date to listen to. Um, I'm going to try to keep this podcast as spoiler-free as possible, but um, you know, I may feel the need to uh, you know, bring up a few uh, specific examples of the game um, in order to make my point, um, but I will try to avoid that if I can. Uh, so, without further ado, I, I guess we should just get into uh, the real question, I guess, which is, uh, so how is Dragon Age 2? Um, if you've read the Metacritic reviews, you're probably going to see a fairly big gap between what the daily gaming mags and blogs have to say and what the general public is uh, saying about it. Uh, one thing you have to keep in mind uh is with all the 8-ish kind of scores from critics like GameSpot, IGN, or Game Informer, um, that's about as harsh of a criticism as you're going to find out there for a Bioware game, which is kind of telling in itself. Um, Bioware's games usually rate like a 9.0 or above with these guys, and an 8 is kind of unheard of. It's, called, it's almost a slap in the face, if you think about it. Uh, the... You know, you're not going to get much lower than that with those kind of reviews because, yeah, they're afraid of alienating themselves from all the, you know, future Bioware exclusives or interviews or whatever. You know, that's kind of their meal ticket, and they're not going to do anything to fuck that up. Um, but then you have the other side of the coin where the general gaming public would probably have you believe that this is the worst game ever. And, you know, that's not entirely true. Um, the truth is, is that it kind of falls in between both extremes. And I think that, you know, there are probably multiple reasons for that. Um, one of the, one of the harsh criticisms that is coming out is, and this is comes from both sides, uh, that I've seen is that the combat and inventory systems have been oversimplified almost to the point where it doesn't feel like a true RPG anymore. And, you know, I completely understand why Bioware, um, chose to, to do do this kind of thing because this game was built with the 360 and PS3 in mind. It's a, it's a console game first and foremost, and PC gamers are kind of feeling you know that that pinch there. 
they essentially removed the majority of the inventory system, kind of like they did in Mass Effect 2. Not completely to that extreme, but they kind of limited it to uh, weapon. You can have them equip weapons and, like, belts and rings and necklaces. And then that's it. And I really didn't, you know, think that that was that big of a deal. Um, You know, I really didn't mind it that much. The inventory system's still kind of a mess because... You end up with like a lot of rings and belts and and stuff that you just don't know what to do with, and it and the, the game doesn't do a good enough job um, telling you okay th- this ring is this much better than this ring for your char- for this character, and th- there really wasn't enough distinction there for me to tell me okay I can I can keep this I really want to hold on to this ring. Or, oh, I could just throw this ring away. And by the end of the game, I still ended up with, like, a ton of garbage in my backpack that I just, I didn't know what to do with. Um, so, there was that. Um, the combat, I think, feels great. Uh, even on the PC, it feels a little bit better. But you can totally tell that it was made with the console in mind. Um, there's a lot more action. It's more fluid. It's not just a simple button mashing experience like a lot of the haters would lead you to believe it still offers a level of strategy there where you can you can control control the game by pausing it and if you need to like throw a quick heal on a particular character you need to take control of that healer to do that you can still do that you can still set up some some things that way if you want to like do a quick area of effect spell um that you feel would be beneficial right then and there. You can take control of, you know, one of those characters as an area of effect spell and do that. So you still have that level of control, but the, you know, and that was one of my main gripes about dragon age origins was that the, the combat system felt a little bit slow, um, outdated, um, if you will. And I was really glad that, Bioware decided to, you know, opt for a more action uh, type feel to the combat. You know, it's not perfect, though, because the encounters themselves generally feel the same and boring, regardless of like what uh, what you end up facing. So you could be facing a a group of thugs or a swarm of spiders and you really don't distinguish between the two. There's no like you know, strategy in place that you have to have to take down a group of thugs versus a group of spiders or whatever. Um, they all play out the same, uh, which is, you know, pretty boring. Um, after the 10th, 20th time you end up doing it, uh, boss encounters are pretty much the same way. The boss will come out. You'll fight the boss down to a certain percentage of health and then the boss will do something to make himself invulnerable or he'll move to a side of the map that you can't get to and a wave of minions comes in. You have to deal with the wave of minions and then the, the boss comes back. You knock it down a little bit further down in health. Rinse and repeat, you get the idea. It, it's kind of boring. Uh, all you know, all that stuff, you know, the interface, clunky interface, you know, kind of you know, not, you know, quite up to snuff inventory system, all those things we, you know, we're we're normally able to forgive Bioware for because, you know, where the strength normally lies is in the storytelling and character development, which is always top notch. And unfortunately, this time around, the story just 
doesn't quite cut the mustard, and, and neither does the 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 companion, and neither do the companions. N- neither neither are anywhere near as good as their prior works, and it's kind of difficult to describe each and every way that that this is. But I'm going to try my best for you. And I think one of the things is, is that it's hard to craft an epic story when you're limited to the same city for the majority of the game. Um, they decided to. Uh, keep this entire story based around the city of Kirkwall and some surrounding areas. Uh, now, I, I'm pretty sure I understand why they did this, um, and this is mere speculation on my part. But you know, you know, once you you know kind of put two and two together, you you do get four, and and four is <laughs> four would equal you know what takes a lot of time and money. And that would be art assets. And I think Bioware was indeed under a a budget, and they were under the gun to get this game out as quickly as possible. So, you know, this isn't Bioware's first rodeo. They've got some smart guys over there working for Bioware. So, you know, they, they realized that, okay, art assets probably take up the most time and money to develop. So to get around that, they decided to craft a story based in the same city that they could reuse over and over and over again, uh, and that's what they did. And it kind of gets depressing after a while because you end up just running through that city doing multiple quests, and, and it's just, you know, you get sick of seeing the same areas over and over again. Um, you know, if you go down this uh, coastline, I think it's the Wounded Coast, you know, you'll you'll go into a cave, and then you'll go into another cave, and you'll realize that they use the same cave map for both caves. And it's like, really? God, you guys couldn't put, you guys couldn't spend a little more time on creating a different cave map, but no, it's the same cave map over and over and over again. And it's just, God, it just, they, they reuse art assets, uh, way too much in this game. Um, the other thing, you know, how, and I, and I think this kind of harms the story and it harms, you know, just your, overall general experience is that the companions in Dragon Age 2 aren't nearly as interesting as uh, companions in Dragon Age Origins or Mass Effect 2. Uh, and I'll, I'll, give an, I'll, I'll give an example of uh, just the, the two... D, uh, I'll compare the two DLC characters, for instance, and, and they don't even compare when it comes to complexity. Um you know, if someone were buying Dragon Age 2 today and they asked me if they should get the DLC companion, I'd tell them to save their cash for something else. Uh, Dragon Age Origins, Shale, um, that Gollum story was so funny and interesting. There were great quests to go with it. You know, and I could honestly say that my experience in Dragon Age Origins would have been incomplete had I not purchased that Stone Warden pack. Sebastian, on the other hand... For Dragon Age 2, he's merely a stereotypical my family was killed and I have to have my revenge kind of guy. I mean, that is like the most cliched, weak backstory that I've, you know, that you, and he's like, no, I haven't seen that before. You know, it's just totally uninspired. I mean, he looks really badass, but, you know, that's about it with him. It's it's really just kind of pathetic, and I think they really skimped on him. I, it, that was again, it was another time 
issue that they had where they couldn't really fully flesh him out. And, you know, he's not the only one. Overall, the companions in Dragon Age 2 don't seem all that complex in comparison to, you know, companions in prior Bioware games. Um, They all seem like they're merely a representative of a side of the great mages are dangerous, we have to control them, versus, uh, you know, mages are great, you know, they're, they're here to help us. You know, there's that whole underlying debate there. And so every companion seems to have an opinion on that. And then you have like a kind of like a new couple neutral characters in there who are on the neutral side of things as well. Um, but they all seem representative of that. And they and they don't go that much further in, into, you know, into being that fleshed out. They, they do have their own little backstories and, and things like that. I'm not saying that they don't, but they're just not they're not as well done. I don't think in my opinion, um, you know, another funny thing is, and, and this kind of supports my point that, that, uh, there was a time and money issue, um, is this whole, uh, bisexual romance, uh, argument that's been floating around the interwebs lately on, in dragon age two. um, you know, it's kind of a shame that neither side, you know, neither Bioware nor the homophobic morons out there who are, you know, bitching and moaning about, you know, bisexuality in their video game. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, Bioware and, and gets all defensive about that. And rightfully so, because, you know, all the all that other side of the argument is, is just, you know, they're, they're, it's just homophobic bullshit where... You know, they're like, well, you're not catering to the straight, you know, the straight male gamer. It's like, well, yeah, so what? You know, that's not what we've been about. And we've already, you know, Bioware's already established and has been applauded for, and rightfully so, that, you know, they're they're going to re- allow same-sex relationships in their games, which is great. But neither side seems to understand that that, you know, what they've done in Dragon Age 2 by making all their NPCs bisexual is that they've really sacrificed the potential for, you know, some really potentially interesting, um, you know, companion stories and and relationships with those companions. Uh, I'll just give you an example of what I think they should have done. I think they should have turned Isabella, who is the the uh, skanky, flirty pirate queen of the game. Uh, they could have turned her into a lesbian, and. They could have made her flirt with you throughout the entire game if you were a male protagonist. They could have had her flirt with you the entire game, and then when you went to initiate the the romance option with her, you know she could have said straight up, you know, sorry, I uh, I bat for the other team, and that would have been like crushing and shocking to you, but it would have been realistic. And they could have played. They could have actually like really played that out and had a lot of fun with that. And you know they could have made it so like after that even happened, she'd like tease you. And but you could have grown the relationship from there. And I, I think they missed some really good opportunities to you know make the characters seem a little bit more realistic in that sense. And and I think that's what's lost here in that in that kind of thing. But going back to that. Um. The, the what I what I read and and this comes straight from this comes straight from uh 
Dave, I think his name is David Gator, uh, who was trying to explain why they did this. He even said that there was, uh, you know, due to time issues, you know, they couldn't please everybody. You know, it takes a lot of time. The cost to, you know, flesh out characters like that and flesh out those kind of relationships um, is time consuming and cost consuming. And I, I wish I could find the quote here really fast, but I don't have it up here right now. And I, I just, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think they really failed at, you know, trying to make that, you know, uh, they, they, they really dropped the ball in making that a, a really good opportunity to to flesh out those character experiences even more. Uh, and the overall story, which I think is probably my biggest beef, um, does not transition from act to act fairly well. So you never really know, you know, what the overarching goal is or what it's going to end up being. Uh, every act seems um, separate from the other. There's always the whole great, you know, mages are great versus mages are, you know, need to be controlled debate. There's always that kind of underlying theme going on there, but it never really comes to the forefront until the very end. And, you know, as a result, every every act seems really disjointed. Like, you, you think, okay, well, it's going to be about this. And this is, you know, at first I thought, okay, well, they're, you know, you're going into the uh, the deep roads to, you know, unearth something, and you end up, like, releasing the darkspawn somehow upon the world again or whatever, but that doesn't happen. And then you get out of there, and then there's, like, this whole um, fight with the Kunari that are, that are in the city. And, you know, so there's that going on. You think, oh, this is going to, you know, it's going to trigger a war between the Kunari and and uh, the humans and elves and whatever, and you think it's going there, but no, it's not that. And then once that act's over with, you know, then you start getting into the meat and potatoes of the whole mage versus non-mage debate. And I kind of I kind of think if they would have stuck with that to begin with and kind of drove that a little bit harder, um, it would have made for a better plot. But, you know, a- as it stands, it just feels really disjointed and it doesn't really make much sense when it's all said and done with. Uh, so, I don't know. Those are just a few of my thoughts. Um, I, you know, I, I, my, my concerns, you know, my, my, my main concern is, you know, with, with what, you know, came out of, of this game is, is that, you know, this is going to be what we're going to see from Bioware from here on out. Because now that they're under the umbrella of Electronic Arts, uh, there's going to be budget issues or time issues or both. And when games like Mass Effect 3 or The Old Republic come out, we're going to see uh, not-so-polished, not-so-interesting uh, games like we were used to with from Bioware. And, and that that's my main concern. My over overarching concern is, is that. And, and it's... It's concerning to me, as a and as a fan of Bioware. I just I I don't know where they're headed now, with with all this. Um, I don't know. Agree or disagree? You can always reach us at mail at channelmassive dot com, uh, twitter dot com slash channelmassive for those who are the of the tweeting persuasion. Uh, 
look forward to hearing from you guys and we will we will hash this debate out if you wish thanks for listening see ya